Welcome to the Mama Truth Show, where soulful mamas embrace the whole truth of the messiness and magic of motherhood. Check us out at mamatruthshow.com. Here's your host, Amy Ehlers, the Wake Up Call Coach. Happy Mama Truth Monday, mamas. It's Amy Ehlers, the Wake Up Call Coach, back with another Mama Truth Show where we are going to dive into your financial intelligence, but not just your financial intelligence, your feminine financial intelligence, because that, my darlings, is where it is at. And so I brought the expert on feminine financial intelligence to the Mama Truth Show, the amazing Julie Steelman. You can check her out at juliesteelman.com. She is the creator of the Change Your Financial Destiny program. She's the creator of Feminine Financial Intelligence. And she is also the author of the highly praised book for female entrepreneurs called The Effortless Yes, and is the creator of the Effortless Yes Selling System. Try saying that four times really fast. Oh my goodness. Yes. Well, and you know, um, and you're also, I just want to say a feminine power coach and have a master's degree in spiritual psychology and has a 25 year career in iconic corporate brand cells. So what I love about you, Julie, is that you have all of these incredible different worlds. You're also a wildlife photographer, an award-winning wildlife photographer, might I add. And I just, I just think you're so fascinating and I'm so excited to have you on the Monitors show. Stop. No, don't. (laughs) Oh, start. Start. (laughs) Okay. So I know that you are so passionate Mm. about women really empowering themselves around money and wealth. I'd love for you to share why you're so passionate. Like when this, like, what's your story? How did this all begin for you? You know, it's funny. People ask me that. And it's, I really, it goes back to Sunday nights in our home when I was a little kid. Mm -hmm. I want to say four or five. I know really young. We were watching Mutual of Omaha's Wild Kingdom. And there's probably a lot of women on here that are too young to even know what that is. (laughs) It was like the first sort of videos from Africa brought to you live sponsored by an insurance company, which never (laughs) happened. They owned it. But I would sit there with my popcorn and be like, oh my (laughs) God, I have to go to Africa. And I grew up with really super conservative parents and I knew they would never, ever let me go or give me the airfare. And it seemed like this huge impossibility. And so what happened was this like freedom thing kind of came over me and I knew that Mm. that was my primary value, that I need freedom in my life. And, you know, in our family and at that time and society, that was kind of like, if you had money, you could do whatever you wanted, whenever you wanted. And I, that's how I roll. Yeah. So that became my kind of like, okay, how do I figure that out in a little kid's mind, you know? Yeah. So that's really the driving force. And then when I came time to graduate college, you know, our dad was all about, listen, I'm not bailing you out. You're on your own. You buy a house and you foreclose your problem, not mine. Mm. You know, so there was always this fear of God of like, what am I going to do if I don't have my own money? So he kind of, it, it was a little over dramatized, but in a good way, mm. I kind of ran with it, you know? Yeah. So I went into sales because I didn't want to sit in corporate office with like my dad behind the glass going, well, I don't know if we're going to give you a raise this year (laughs) off. And I'm like going, Oh no, that's not going to (laughs) work. Right. Yeah. 
So totally. Yeah. That's what happened. And I started to discover that there's a there's this overarching, you know, patriarchal kind of story running in the money world and in our society. And, you know, it's all about living on the edge and immediate gratification and tons of credit. And we're not, don't have to really be responsible, but you're supposed to be, but no, you don't have to be. Mm. And, you know, all of that stuff, I was like, this didn't resonate with my value system. Mm-hmm. It didn't resonate with wanting to be in integrity and responsible and I didn't ever want to be in financial disaster. Yeah. Like, you know, yeah. When I look at my husband dropped dead five years ago, completely unexpected. Wow. I look at people in Northern California and the fires, they barely got out in their pajamas. Yeah. Going back to see if their pet is even still in the area. Yeah. It can be that fast. Yeah. And women, moms, Riding this edge of financial disaster, I ha- there's a fire inside of me. It's like an invocation swirling saying, we can't live like this anymore. And I'm not willing to watch it anymore. Not on my watch. I think that this is really important and really powerful. And I think that the living paycheck to paycheck yeah. that we have grown up with, we yeah. raised on consumer debt, just buy what you want and worry about the cost later. Whereas like when I look at my parents even, and definitely my grandparents' generation where it was like, you have the envelope and you put, you know, 10% yeah. away yeah. for that new couch and you saved up until you had the cash and then you paid for it. Yeah. Right. Like it was such a different time and yeah. we've grown up all of us that are, you know, now in this generation in our thirties, forties, fifties, sixties, where we're going, oh, wait a minute, there's a different way to be around money. And we are on the edge of financial disaster with one thing, one does disaster that happened. Yeah. 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 And I, um, I love your passion around this and knowing that you, you know, you had just retired to go and mm-hmm. spend time with your husband in Hawaii. Yeah. yeah. He dropped dead as you just yes. put it, which yeah. it's not heart. elegant language, but that's what happened. Yeah. 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 And so in that moment, you knew what, like, what did you know in that moment about your money so that you could be okay financially? Yeah. You know, when we got married, um, I had created wealth and he had created wealth. We, we were better off together financially than we were apart. Sure. But I knew when I got married that this was one of those important conversations I wasn't going to gloss over. Yeah. And I wasn't going to worry about whether he left if we talked about it. You know, like I think too many people are afraid to talk about it. Yeah. And we had very complicated circumstances. He has special needs kids and an ex-wife that was very greedy. Mm. And I was like, I'm fine with the money going to your daughters. You know, when we're all gone, your ex-wife can't touch it. Mm. My dad's money, my money. We worked way too hard. No way. Yeah. We have very clear trusts and guidelines. But the thing of that is more so about I never in a million years, this is the guy that had last man standing stamped on his forehead. Mm. He's the one every man looked up to and said, I want to be as healthy as him. I want to look like him. I want to be physically fit as him. He was not the guy that was going to drop dead. Yeah. But he did. 
Yeah. And because we were financially astute, and this is my father coming in going, don't set yourself up to fail financially. Yeah. I had more than enough for the rest of my life to never work again. Yeah. And there's no way, Amy, there is no way I would have survived these last five years because I thought this was going to kill me too. Yeah. There's no way I thought I was going to make it through it. And if I had to have gone back to work, I probably would have opted out because I didn't have the emotional, physical bandwidth to do it. This was brutal for me. Yeah. You know, I just didn't have the tools to deal with it. So to know that really it was about financial self-care. Yes. We talk about self-care as women all the time. Right. We need money out of it. So true. Do that. Why would you, why would you have a financial disaster that can happen in the next 30 seconds, break you in every way? And that's an area you're responsible for taking care of yourself, for your loved ones, your family, your kids, extended family, you know, brothers, sisters, whatever your amalgam of your situation is. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Can't imagine. I can't imagine him dying and being destitute at the same time. Which is a reality that a lot of people who lose their spouses face. Absolutely. Yeah. And so as we're waking up here saying, okay, let's tell the truth about our finances and where we're at. And let's say that there, and I'll even, I'll even make up, I'm making this up, but I have a feeling that for the majority of people, they get that. They get that they don't have the appropriate savings, that they don't know enough about money. They don't, they don't feel like they're wealthy. And that if something horrific happened, that they would be in a really bad place financially. Mm -hmm. What's the first step for these women that are waking up there, like listening to the show going, like want to probably throw their, uh, you know, their iPhone out the window because they're like, (laughs) I don't want to think about but guess what? We need yeah. to think about this. This is why I'm doing shows on money because it's like, we need to be thinking about this and not just thinking about this, but doing something about it, which is yeah, why I love yeah. financial intelligence and the way that that can help us. So talk to us a little bit about what the heck to do. Yeah, for yeah. sure. So this is the money truth for mamas. Yes. <laughs> yes. Mama's on the truth show, right? Yes, exactly. exactly. You know, that's the thing. First, I think the first step is no more making yourself bad or wrong about anything to do with money at all. And any, I think reframing, if you've ever made a financial mistake, it is now a charitable contribution. Nice. Period. <laughs> okay, period. Let it go. Yes. It's done. Yes. And in my world, I think you have to start holding it differently and not in the way of the traditional masculine paradigm. And that is that when I make a financial mistake or not the best decision or I'm overly impulsive, guilty, by the way, um, that is a charitable contribution. And it always comes back to me times 10. Mm. Number one, number one. You have to start holding it so that your parrot, it's not a, it's just a, it's a mindset thought, but you want a paradigm shift. Yeah. Right? We don't want to just change our thoughts. We want to change the context. The second thing is you've got to get rid of the myth that says it's better to give than receive. This one pisses me off the most. <laughs> like who wrote that? Right? Right? Yeah. And in the, in the, the feminine energetic 
there's almost this glitch that we come in with this idea as the truth. Yeah. And then we're all depleted. We're giving of ourselves. Anything we want is selfish. If I put this over my child's need or, you know, they want this fairy castle built in the backyard and I need a new car to get them back and forth to school. Yeah. But I put the fairy castle first because I'll be selfish if I get the new car. Right. That is not financial self-care. Right. So I think, you know, if we start to understand that down here in the center of our hips, Mm. in this area, we have a power center. Mm. And we take our attention there and we start referencing from the inside instead of out here and what's expected of us Mm -hmm. and the people pleasing. Yeah. And we start to go, what's really a high service here where I get my needs met? Because in order for me to take care of you, I need to be taken care of too. Yeah. Right. And I run these things like decisions like that of a either or through that center and I listen inwardly and that that information tends to bubble up if it comes down like this and lands in your throat it's a good it's a good chance that that's thinking happening versus this bubbling up that tends to open the heart and you feel expanded and amplified because of it is your intelligence yes so does that, does that help? Do you think that's more explicit enough? So it sounds like what you're saying is that when we're making financial decisions, mm-hmm. whether it's about a big financial purchase where we need a new washer and dryer, our car, or a house, or rent an apartment, or whatever yeah. it is, yeah, or even those daily ones, or we're trying to like manage our money around college funds for our kids and retirement funds for ourselves and like all of that stuff that instead of just thinking about it in our heads, if we can take a moment to breathe into that power center in our hips, Mm -hmm. that that making choices from that space will lead us to different places. Yes, exactly. Really well said. Okay. Do it from here. We get into the traditional masculine money-making model, not slamming men at all, love men. Right. This is about the energetic of the paradigm that exists in our society. We go into the chasing, into the taking, into thinking in limited supply. Right. Right? Yes. When we go here, we get into a space that says what wants to be cherished and harvested. Okay, so cherished and, and harvested, harvested harvested versus chased and taked and taking taking acquiring getting grabbing like it's more and a lot of women are like they won't even deal with money and they put it in the cave because they have to be aggressive and assertive that's why that whole thing happens yeah but you're actually creating a financial glass ceiling when you do it that way because you'll only do it so often. You won't want to twist yourself into a pretzel and then you'll go, I'm not playing that game, right? Yeah. And you go in the waiting room instead of this is the creating room. As a yes. mother, you know that better than anybody. Right. Right? Right. Right? And yeah. so, you know, all those decisions, washer, dryer, rent, car, you know, private school, not private school, new shoes, not new shoes is like, what wants to be harvested here? Because Mm. maybe there's a whole nother option. 
we go into creative problem solving mode, but we open up to receiving in a way that actually activates the heart. And when we do that, there's joy in it. And joy is what the magnetic field is made up of. Does this make any sense? This is totally making sense. And I just, I want to give all of you that are listening that inquiry that you've been yeah. saying Julie, around what wants to be harvested yeah, and what, and what wants to be cherished and cherished. And what do we want to be nurturing? Yeah. There you go. Family, Love it. Right. Yeah. Like what do we want to be? And, and how can our, you know, that there's that whole, whole expression of like, if, if I want to know um, what you value, I'll look at your schedule and your pocketbook. Like right I'll on. look at your checkbook and they used to say checkbook and schedule, you know, your planner. But now it's like, I'll just look at your iPhone and log on to your finance. Right. right. But it's like, it is that thing of like where we spend our time and where we spend our money equates what we're valuing by our actions. Not necessarily what we say that we value, but actually by our actions. You vote with your dollars. We do. Yeah. Yeah. We really, really, really do. And so for all of us, let's look at that. What do we want to harvest? What wants to be cherished? What, what wants to be nourished? And are we actually putting our wealth, our abundance, our money towards those things? Correct. Or are we not? Or yeah. are we not? And, and when we're making those decisions, where are we making them from? Yeah. Are we making them from this traditional pa- patriarchy idea that um, there's only so much? And then the stress level goes through the roof. Yeah. It's a natural byproduct of doing it up here. Yeah. For women, we need to manage our energy. Yes. We need to make sure there's more than enough to care for others. Yes. So this is part of what I call the financial self-care is we've got to put that into the self-care equation. It's been left out. We're good at getting massages, you know, and feeding ourselves better food and all that kind of stuff. But we still are. This is the area that's left to self-actualize in women is money. Mm. And we need to be our own resource center in these crazy wackadoodle times. Yeah. Because we want to have that empowered relationship with money so that we are the stand for the, um, safety and security that we want to create for ourselves and our family in very uncertain times. Yeah. So when you say feminine financial intelligence, can you just define that for us? And I want, and I want everyone to know that Julie has this incredible, um, PDF document download that you can get at juliesteelman.com that has the 10 pillars of feminine financial intelligence. Am I getting it right? Yeah, that's it. Thank you. Okay. I knew it was pillars. I knew it was 10. I'm like, and it's fast, fun, and friendly. It won't take you a lot of time at all to read it. And you'll go through the t- 10 and go, oh, you know, because it's awesome. about a paradigm shift. It's about holding it differently. Beautiful. And we haven't been given permission to do that. And we've been very under supported in looking at money from a feminine perspective. So talk to us a little bit about the definition of feminine financial intelligence and what, and what's kind of the context that it creates. I know you've been diving into some of the details, but I just kind of wanted to take a little big picture view of the body of work. Yeah. You know, it's something that I realized that I was doing that was different than other people when I was in corporate, the way I was holding it. And it's because I ref what, what I define feminine financial intelligence as is as a woman, 
that deep inner referencing and knowing that is all inclusive of yourself and others that always gives you empowered and inspired information that is able to create these healthy boundaries and give you language to communicate it that leaves everyone in a dignified place. It's a knowing. It's just a different kind of knowing. And it's the same as your intuitive center for my business. I call it the inner business diva. It's that center of knowing where your soul's code can then become a part of this deeper inquiry, you know? And so there's this, what happens, it becomes very aligned with who Mm. you are and who you want to be as a woman. And it's replenishing and nurturing in its energetic versus depleting. There's no tension in it. Mm. It's free of tension. It's free of againstness. It's free of shame. It's free of guilt. Yeah. And it's, it's expansive. Yeah. I know it sounds nebulous. Does that help give it more context? Yeah. Well, I mean, I'm, what I'm hearing is that it's like this new framework and lens to look at money where it isn't this shameful, dirty thing that you are chasing all the time. <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah, like this, yeah. Right. But instead you're really nurturing, like you're coming, like all the things that we do as moms when we're building a baby inside of ourselves, yes, where we're eating, like where we're really nurturing that baby, where the baby's getting the right nurturant nutrients, where that those feelings of taking care of it, where you feel those feelings of hopefulness, like all of that. If we can put that into the money and financial context, I can only imagine a how much more wealth we would have, but also just how much more we would enjoy it. That's you know that's the key, right? It's like what you're describing as moms, moms are huge givers, huge, probably the biggest givers on the planet. Absolutely selfless giving. It's enormous. It's for the rest of your life. It's serious. There's no playing around with it. I mean, in in the context of the commitment to it, right? For the most part. Yeah. And there's this incubator we have in our feminine parts, in our female parts, but there's an energetic component to it too. And that this is this lens through which you can filter decision-making and ideas Mm. and you can come up with more expansive ways. But most importantly for moms, what I want them to know is that because of the bigness with which you want to give, You've got to be able to receive inequality or more than Mm. the level at which you want to give or you're overgiving or you're running out of energy and juice, right? Yeah. So this feminine financial intelligence is kind of like this. If we were to call it, you know, the womb of creation, why aren't you running? You run life through there. You know, you run your giving through there. You run who you are as a woman through there. Why wouldn't you run your financial care through there? I'm just thinking of the mamas that are listening right now that might be struggling to pay the grocery bill or the light bill or pay rent. What's the message that you would have for them at this moment in time? Yeah, the message I would have for them at this moment in time is that I can actually feel the tension in your shoulders as we talk Mm. about that Mm. Mm. and that 
there's an opportunity to look around you and to start noticing what to be super grateful for Mm. and that you could buy groceries or gas a day ago or two days ago or a week ago. Yeah. And the same energy that brought you that can bring you this, can bring you the money now. Mm. And to go into this inner space where the one who's already wealthy knows exactly what you need to do next to get groceries and go there instead of looking at there's I have zero dollars in my bank account and there's a ten dollar check that's going to come through so now I'm ten dollars under yeah holy hell yeah and we get into this yeah that creates more of this right and like to just breathe and really take it down into that womb where the babies were, you know, yeah. and just start to go, okay, I'm telling you there's money around you. I'm telling you there's money that wants to come into your life. What do you need to do to receive it and go into the inquiry and don't be afraid to ask for help. Beautiful. Yeah. I know that one of the things that you talk about is the sense that as women, and I, and I think this is especially true when people are in a financial mm-hmm. situation that's really difficult, but is that we don't give ourselves permission to dream bigger. It's oh. like, you know, I can't remember what book it was, or I can't, I can't remember where the source of this is from, but it was like, I feel like it was in a book that I read where, where someone was asking to borrow money from someone and the person said to them, how much money do you need so that you'll never come to me and have to borrow money again? That's brilliant. What a generous person. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and it was like, because they could see that there was this pattern of asking for the $10 or the $20 or the 50 when what they really needed was $5,000. And then they would actually be able to get themselves out of the hole and start to create from a new space. Yeah. Fortunately, that person was able to do that. And it actually wasn't that much money more and it was so much more pleasurable for that person to gift them that money, that $5,000 versus having them call a hundred times. For oh, God, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know? And yeah. then having to do that, you know? And I feel like so often, especially when we're in a financial situation that is scary or is mm-hmm. challenging, mm-hmm. all that we dream about is just having enough to pay the rent or just having enough to pay the tax bill or just having enough to be able to make a contribution to the college fund or whatever it is. Whereas if we dreamed bigger, I just wonder what we would create, Julie. Right? I mean, so there's so, it's the thing, I know it feels in that moment, I've been there, by the way, where the only thing I could do was go to Target and buy what little cans of beans on the shelf where I didn't have any money. We were in college and stupid and, you know, (laughs) was like, I used my credit card and there was huge debt. It was all food. We would leave our clothes at the dry cleaners for like six months because we couldn't pay the 10 bucks to rescue our suit, you know? I totally get it. Yeah. Um, Is... I just want to think about this for a second. What I want to say is that's when I think you got to get creative. Yeah. And I want you to like, just know that what's happening in this moment isn't forever. Yeah. Number one. Number two, if you need a hundred dollars for groceries, start asking for $200. Yeah. Right. 
Yes. I have this theory about the trans, what I call transactional thinking, which is if my kid needs $20,000 to get into private school, I'm going to go make $20,000. Uh-uh. You go make $40,000. Mm. That's financial self-care because you need, need more than the 20 because we're not a drive-by, right? I feel like there's this dri- money drive-by thing. Yeah. If we don't receive it. We just let it pass by. So it's like, I got my $100 for the groceries. Now what? Right. And so that's even where you're not fit, dreaming big enough is to even ask for more than what you need right now. That's one of the first ways to start practicing that a whole idea. Yes. That there's more than enough for me to have more than enough. And mm. I think, um, yeah. I love what you just said of that there. I, I like want to put like a big highlighter on it of there's more than enough for me to have more than enough. There's more than enough money. So I'm just going to give you a fact. I didn't make this up. There's more than enough money on the planet for every living being to have more than they need. Mm. Seriously. It's about how do I create the conditions for more of it to come my way Yeah, in service to who I want to be, how I want to give, and what quality of life enhances my self-expression the most. Yes. How do you believe the world will change when women have more of the wealth? I actually think that I'm not even sure I can see how big that is. Yeah. I think women have the opportunity to have an enormous impact. Yeah. And women by nature are inclusive of others in the doing good, in the um, wanting to revolutionize the way things run on the planet, whether it's politics or whatever it is. And if we can learn to include ourselves in that equation, I think the power is unstoppable and exponential. Mm. And with what's going on in our world in all kinds of ways, I actually think that we're seeing old stories and old paradigms crumbling. Yeah. And we have an opportunity to go through this eye of the needle right now and to write our role in the story of that we can change the whole money paradigm to not be traditionally masculine about, I'm going to take mine and give a crap about you and yours. And what I take, I got it. It's mine. And when women can come in and move into a different kind of earning power based on this feminine idea, it becomes about when I earn more, everybody goes up. Yes. I give more, everybody goes up. Yes. There's an inclusiveness to it. And I think that the impact we can have is exponential. I actually think this is evolution at this time trying to birth this. Beautiful. Talk to me a little bit about, I know that you're starting to do this program and really go deeper with women around their finances and around creating more prosperity called Change Your Financial Destiny. Will you talk with us a little bit about that? And people can check out more about that at changeyourfinancialdestiny.com. Yeah. Thank you for asking that. You know, this is a passion project of mine. Um, I'm, I'm a stand for all women everywhere who want to have a financial breakthrough to have that financial breakthrough. Mm. And so what I'm going to do is lead a program that is teaching sessions, mentoring sessions and private coaching 
that is all about giving women the toolbox and access to their own feminine financial intelligence so that they can have that kind of life that they want to have financially. For some women, that's $10,000. For some women, that's $5 million. It's not a comparison game as you talk about. If yeah. you've got any of that stuff, it's what's it for you? Yeah. And how can you have that? And how can it be repeatable and sustainable? And how can you become the source of that in your life? Mm. And develop a co-creative, empowered relationship with money. I've done it. It's doable. It's not a trickster. It's not masculine in, in nature. It's actually feminine in nature. It's about flow. And it's about developing the relationship to that and creating the context and the conditions for it to occur in your world. I love that. And so people can go and check out more about that at changeyourfinancialdestiny.com. And who, what are the, I know this program is for women specifically. What level of financial freedom should women be at that are looking at that program? Like who is it especially for? No, I think it's especially for, I would say if you're struggling to pay for groceries, then, you know, probably not. Yeah. But I would say that it's really, really, really about the woman who's very willing and committed to have this be the end of financial struggle. I can't think of any woman, woman that doesn't want that. That's yeah. Amazing, Julie, I love it. Oh my gosh. Awesome. Thank you so much. And Thank I, you. I just also want to give a shout out. As you know, I just started re reading your book recently, The Effortless Yes. And mm. I'm loving that book and loving the way that you've reframed sales to service. And I just think it's such a powerful thing. Is there anything you want to say about that for a moment about that particular book <laughs> and, and, and that? Because I just think it's such an awesome book. I love that book and me, thank you for saying that. I love hearing that other people loved it because I get myopic and go, that was great, but doesn't mean that someone else thought it was great. Right, 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 right. Because it came channeling through. The first book was a rant and it was like, rah, 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 rah. Yeah. and then the second book was like, whoop. You yeah. know, so it was like, I just showed up and put it on the page, but it was channeled through me. And you know, what I would say is like, if you have your own business, this is a really good way to reframe how you approach um, money and how, again, how to hold it differently. Yeah. But if, if you're a mom and a stay at home mom, you might have fun finding out what your sales archetype is because it'll give you languaging about how to negotiate with your husband. <laughs> yes. Husband, wife, partner, whoever and it is. Have money conversations. <laughs> yeah. You've got to have money conversations yeah. with your partner. Yes. Period. Yes. Yeah. This, you, that turns into really nasty power stuff that can disintegrate the best of relationships. It's not worth it. Have the conversation. Beautiful. So again, juliesteelman.com. Go and check it out. Get, grab the, the 10 pillars to feminine financial intelligence. Julie, the last question that I ask everyone on the show is about motherhood. And I know that you are a stepmom. And that you also are just a woman. So I'll, I'll ask you this in this context. What's messy and what's magical in your life these days? Oh my goodness. <laughs> so I don't have biological children and that was by design. Yeah. But my biological children, because I'm, this is going to sound weird, but I'm more animal than I am human. Yes. So my biological children are the animals in the animal kingdom. And mm -hmm. I have very, very big care in that area. 
So I do a lot of marine mammal rescue and rehabilitation, and it can be very messy. We go to great lengths, take 12 hours to recover an animal, and he dies an hour later. So that's messy. But when we we recover an animal and you watch them come back to life and gain their weight back and you get to put them back out in the wild, there is nothing more moving for me than that. Like, it's the freedom, you know? And that we made a difference. Even if we lose 10 and we save one, yeah. it's worth it. Beautiful. Thank you so much, Julie, for being here on the Mama Truth Show and blessing all of us with your presence and with your wisdom. So with that, mamas, until next, next week, keep embracing the messiness and the magic of motherhood. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening, mamas. Did you know that Amy has a new ebook out? It's called Sacred Self-Care for Moms, Seven Steps to Nurturing Yourself So You Can Be the Mom You Were Born to Be. And you can receive your free copy by going to sacredselfcarebook.com. That's sacredselfcarebook.com. And please don't keep the Mama Truth Show a secret. The biggest compliment you can give is to share the Mama Truth Show with your loved ones and write a review on iTunes. Until next time, Keep embracing the messiness and the magic of motherhood.